Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Scott's Sexy Instant Serial. This is Kay Sterling, and this week we're covering chapters 10 and 11 from The Perfect Cover. And we begin with Grant picking up Audrey after her weekend at camp. And he's hoping that maybe she hasn't heard about his weekend from hell with Royce. And that maybe he doesn't have to fill her in on any of the details. But Audrey's already been given the background info, or at least a tip, from Marcy. And she demands answers as soon as she gets in the door. Then Royce shows up and easily wins over Audrey. And then in Chapter 11, we have Grant and Audrey interrogating Royce in their own gentle way, and Royce giving a little bit more of his backstory and how he came to Hopkins Creek. Let's see how that goes. Chapter 10 Maybe she hasn't heard yet, Grant told Edgar, but he groaned dubiously in the back seat. Grant's fingers tapped against the steering wheel nervously, and his cheeks puffed out as Audrey ran around the bus with her duffel bag and backpack slung over her shoulder. Here we go. Grant got out and opened the back, then grabbed the duffel bag when she swung it at him. How was camp? He asked as he shut the back. So awesome. Sorry I couldn't message as often. The signal was so bad out there and we stayed really busy. Audrey explained as she tossed her bag in the back seat, then reached and hugged Edgar's neck. I miss my big moose, she baby-talked as he covered her face in kisses before she released him so she could shut the door and get into the passenger seat. Michelle won't be coming back in the spring because she'll be having her baby, so they asked me if I want to fill in for her for the season. That's great, but you're going to be really busy next year, Grant pointed out. He was grateful for any topic not related to his weekend from hell. I will be but it's my last season of camp before college. I definitely won't have time after school starts, so it's the perfect time to do it since Michelle's coming back in the fall. Grant let Audrey ramble and bobbed his head appropriately and made encouraging sounds until they pulled into the driveway. If you think you're up to it, I don't want you going into your first year of college frazzled because you overextended yourself during the summer, he said as he pulled her duffel bag out of the back. I'm sure I can handle it, she stated, and Grant smiled as he unlocked the front door. I know you can, Jellybean. He followed her and Edgar in and dropped her bag by the stairs as he shut the door. Audrey tossed her backpack at her duffel bag, then crossed her arms over her chest. Are you really going to make me ask about your new boyfriend? She said, then tilted forward. The hair is so much better, though, she whispered and Grant swore as he brushed his hand through it and twisted his fingers. Edgar sat and shut his eyes blissfully as he enjoyed the sun on his cone-free face as it shined through the window. I thought you said the Wi-Fi was bad out there. What did you hear? Grant asked. Ha! Marcy made sure the message got to me, but she was very vague. She said you're hiding from the man of our dreams, Audrey informed him. This is getting out of hand... He groaned as his hand dragged down his face. I don't have a boyfriend and I don't want you involved with him. Why not? What's going on and who is he? You told me you were going to see Aunt Marcy for a haircut and now I can't see the man of our dreams. She protested and he shushed her. 
it is way too early for you to be getting this dramatic because we're just getting started. My weekend was an absolute catastrophe, he said as he pointed. Do something cool. Never again, he promised, and she slapped her hand over her mouth to hold back a giggle. I will ground you if you laugh. You won't, she said, then moaned sympathetically as she grabbed his hand and pulled him to the stairs. Why are you hiding from the man of our dreams? She asked as she sat. He sighed as he dropped onto the step next to her. He's not the man of our dreams, and it's not real. His name is Agent Royce Bradshaw, and he's with the CIA. He thinks the Lees are spies, and he wants me to be his pretend boyfriend so he can spy on them, he explained gently. Holy shit! She yelled, and he tapped his finger against his lips. Shh! Sorry! She whispered, then mouthed a silent, wow. Grant nodded in agreement. He chased me around town and hit on me so I could be his cover, but I told him I'm not interested. I think it would be best if we avoided him until he comes up with a different plan, he said, and her lips twisted as she considered. Does he make you uncomfortable, or do you feel unsafe with him? She asked, and Grant opened his mouth, but he didn't know what to say. There were moments with Royce when he felt happier and more alive than he'd felt in years. And even when Grant knew something was very wrong, he instinctively trusted Royce. No, he said warily. Is he cute? She asked and his head pulled back. Why does that matter? He is, she gasped excitedly as she jumped to her feet. You have to do this, Dad. I don't. Grant stated as he leaned back on his elbow and shook his head. I've already told him there's no way. You have to, Audrey repeated as she pointed at him. You didn't hide after we lost Dad because you said another innocent person could have died, and the other victims wouldn't find justice if you didn't do something. What if someone gets hurt or dies because we didn't help this Agent Bradshaw, she argued, and Grant waved his hands as he sat up. Do you seriously think the Lees are capable of something like that? Sally babysat you when I had to get my wisdom teeth taken out. And she always brings you soup when you're sick, he reminded her, and a wide smile spread across her face. That's why you have to help Agent Bradshaw. What if they are exactly who we think they are? Someone's got to look out for them too, she countered, and Grant paused. He could keep an eye on Agent Bradshaw and prove the Lees weren't dangerous people. He could also make sure Bradshaw didn't do anything too shady that violated their rights. I'm rethinking it, he admitted, and she cheered. It's a total win-win if he's cute, she said, and he shook his head. No, don't get any ideas about that. Think about it. The government is asking you to go on dates with a hot guy. Where's the downside? She asked, and he winced. He wants to move in, he added and she looked dizzy. You're going to play house with a cute spy? She clarified. I really don't want to, he reminded her, and she fanned her face. This is so perfect. You're going to fall in love, she predicted. Whoa, Grant cried as he grabbed her arms. Do not get carried away. You haven't even met him yet, and... There was a quick tap at the door, and Grant's lips pulled tight as he scowled at it. I swear... If he's bugged my house, I'll bring this whole operation to an end and kick his ass back to Langley or wherever, he said, 
and Audrey squealed as she ran to the door. She pulled it open, then stumbled back. Hello, Audrey. Welcome home. Agent Bradshaw drawled as he smiled at her over a stack of pizza boxes. Mind if I join you for dinner? Holy, she slurred, and Grant threw his hand up in disgust. Of course, Bradshaw would look like the man of their dreams. He was wearing aviators and his dark hair was slicked back. His five o'clock shadow made his square chin and jaw even more severe, and a tight black v-neck t-shirt clung to his pecs and biceps. A vegetarian with extra cheese for the lady and a double pepperoni for the gentleman, Bradshaw declared, and Audrey bounced excitedly as she pulled him into the house and shut the door. This is the coolest thing that's ever happened in Hopkins Creek, she stated as she took the pizzas from Bradshaw and rushed them to the kitchen. Edgar, Bradshaw said as he held out his hand. Grant's tongue pushed against the inside of his cheek as his best friend for the last six years happily trotted across the foyer and pushed his head into Bradshaw's chest. There's a good boy. I am so happy to finally meet you. He baby babbled as he scratched behind Edgar's ears. I am surrounded by traitors, Grant thought. I'm considering it, Grant ground out as he hugged his arms and studied his shoes. But only because I want to make sure you respect the Lee's rights, and I don't want anyone to get hurt, he said. And Bradshaw was smiling at him when Grant took a cautious glance. What? he asked. And Bradshaw chuckled as he lowered so he could whisper in Edgar's ear. Walter Newberry was right about your father, he told Edgar. He deserves a prince, and I'm not sure if the next best thing to a Kennedy is good enough. Chapter 11 Are you absolutely sure about the Lees? Audrey asked as she tossed her crust to Edgar, then reached for another slice of pizza. Grant raised his brows at Royce expectantly as he sat back in his seat and crossed his arms over his chest. I realize it's part of a spy's job to blend in and go unnoticed, but I think we'd have noticed something. The Lees were here before Chris and I moved to Hopkins Creek. Sally used to babysit Audrey, or just borrow her when she missed having a little one around, Grant said, and Royce nodded slowly as he considered the best way to explain. They call it a Cold War for a reason, he began, then sat forward and rested his elbows on the table. The Lee's mission could be something as simple and small as just watching and keeping their superiors up to date on what's going on in a quiet little community in the Beltway suburbs. They could be a sleeper cell, and here, just in case, China needs the ability to attack us from within. The residence could be a safe house, in the event that another spy or a Chinese diplomat needs a place close to the capital to hide. Or Mr. and Mrs. Lee could have a source in the capital who passes them information that they relay to their handlers. It could be any number of inane or terrible things, but you wouldn't know because their first imperative is to live very real and very normal lives. Normally, we know. We know where the Chinese and the Russians keep their best spies, and most of them register with our government because the best way to get our attention is to try and fly under the radar. They hide in plain sight, Grant said, and Royce bowed his head. Our agencies have been aware of the Lees for a long time, but it appears that the nature of their mission has changed or someone suspects we might have been wrong in our understanding of their purpose. I'm here to learn what their purpose is, he explained, and Audrey became alert. 
So the Lees won't be in trouble and everything will be fine if they're the harmless kind of spies? She asked, and Royce nodded. Of course. There is nothing wrong with working for the Chinese government and its intelligence agencies. Our countries allow a little friendly collection. It becomes serious when state secrets and military assets get involved, he said, and both Grant and Audrey visibly relaxed. They're the good kind of spies, Audrey vowed, and Royce hummed in agreement. I'm sure you're right, and I'm hoping you are, because I'd like to keep Hopkins Creek just as it is, he said sincerely. His eyes touched Grant's and he felt their purposes connect in a line, and Royce sensed that Grant had finally made his decision. We're right, and you'll see soon enough, Grant promised, and Audrey nodded firmly as she chewed. Her brows pulled tighter and tighter as she stared at Royce. How did you become a spy? She asked, and Royce cringed and became distracted by the label on the bottle of beer in his hand as he stalled. The best spies are the ones who can hide in plain sight and already have what's called access and talent, he began. Grant leaned forward and his neck craned as he focused, and Royce felt a bit exposed. Grant might be quiet and reserved, but he was astute and methodical, and his brain was as quick as his feet when he was fleeing a coffee shop. Audrey was just as sharp as her father and made up for his lack of reserve. Royce wanted their trust and support, so he cleared his throat as he mustered his humility, then offered Grant an apologetic smile. I did a terrible thing when I was younger and got myself into very serious trouble. He raised his brows suggestively, warning Grant, but he shook his head and waved it off. I doubt she'll be shocked if sex or drugs were involved, and I trust you not to get too graphic, he said, and Royce chuckled wryly. I suppose that's a safe assumption, he admitted. I was twenty and determined to disappoint my father as hard as I could, but I went too far to house party. I was very drunk and very high, and someone handed me a boy who was too young to be at that sort of party. He was there willingly and was being paid very well, but he was 17 and I was having sex with him when the house was raided. Jesus, Grant whispered as he rubbed his temple, and Royce snorted. It was a terrible disaster. I can't even recall how I got to be at that house or who was throwing the party but I was horrified after I sobered up and realized what I'd done. I would have done anything to take it back. I wanted to embarrass my father by being useless and selfish, not shame my family by committing statutory rape. I've never even liked younger men, let alone boys, he added in disgust, and paused when Grant's eyes widened. Bradshaw, is your father... he asked, and Royce held up a hand as he sighed in resignation. The jig is up, Royce thought. General Stanley Bradshaw. My mother is Addison Dabney, he confessed, and Grant was frozen for several seconds before a loud laugh burst from him. Talk about access and talent, he said as he pushed back his chair, then got up and went to the fridge. You could walk into the White House or the Pentagon or Buckingham Palace. He snorted hard as he opened the door. Do you want another beer? he asked, and Roy shook his head. No thanks, and I don't think I could. It wouldn't take me long to get into any of those places, but I still have to follow security protocols unless I want to cause an international incident and out myself to the world as a spy, he said, then slid Audrey a wicked grin. 
It would be a piece of cake for me to sneak into any of them, though. She rolled her eyes as she chewed, and Grant shook his head in disapproval. Did you cut a deal to cover up the statutory rape? He asked, and Royce became serious. In a way. They busted whoever it was that brought the kid and the skeevy escort company that provided him. I could have gone to court and fought the charges and probably gotten off, but the trial would be big and messy. The world would know and my family would be all over the tabloids. The CIA offered to train me and put me to work. They gave me a chance to serve my country, to make amends for what I'd done. I accepted the offer, he said simply. Aside from a tight nod, Grant was quiet as he contemplated Royce's story. And now you're a tool of the military-industrial complex. How is this supposed to work? Audrey asked cheerfully, and Royce winked at her. He expected and appreciated her cynicism. She wrote a scathing article on the government's complicity in climate change for the Hopkins Creek Gazette that Royce found to be surprisingly insightful and provoking. I prefer to think of myself as an investigative tool and a preventative measure, he countered, then smiled at Grant. It would be perfectly natural for me to meet and date a successful lawyer and occasional gay activist who lives in an upscale D.C. suburb. It would also be natural for me to spend a lot of time in his home and move in with him, if we were to fall in love and get a little carried away, Royce said, and Grant's hand slapped on the table as another loud laugh spilled from him. No one is ever going to believe you'd date me. It was ridiculous when you were just a stupid hot guy in the coffee shop. You could date a Kennedy, or a member of parliament, or a royal cousin no one's ever heard of. He babbled as he waved a half-eaten piece of pizza at Royce, then tossed it on his plate. Audrey made a suffering sound as she rolled her eyes and slouched. Here we go, she muttered, then untucked her feet from under her bottom and pushed back her seat. Remember what Dr. Beth said? It's easier to convince yourself that you're worthless than it is to ask for things like respect and love if you think you don't deserve them, she said, and Royce thought that was excellent advice. Dr. Beth is right, he chimed in, and Grant threw him an irritated look. I'm going to call Aunt Marcy and tell her I got to meet your new boyfriend, without mentioning the Lees, Audrey added quickly as she bent and put her plate in the dishwasher. And then I want to catch up on my shows with my headphones on? She widened her eyes at Grant and Royce as she backed out of the kitchen. Royce chuckled as he scratched the tip of his nose with his knuckle and Grant's face twisted as he shook his head. I'm definitely not interested in that, he called after her as he got up and Royce stood with him. Why wouldn't people believe I'd date someone like you? He asked Grant as he helped gather their empty bottles, plates, and the pizza boxes. Grant laughed wryly as he rinsed a plate. I'm not that rich, and I'm not that much of an activist, he said, then bent and put the plate in the dishwasher. Royce waited until he stood and his gaze caught Grant's. You didn't allow yourself to stop and grieve your husband until the murderer and the island were held accountable. You said you refused to allow gay men's lives to be erased and forgotten because they were as precious and deserving of justice as straight lives. You're worth enough money to work from home, advising mostly pro bono and civil liberties cases in support of gay rights, Royce said. Grant's eyes flicked to the ceiling and he shrugged. So? I think that's pretty sexy, Royce stated, and Grant gave him a dubious look. It's pretty pedestrian. A lot of people lose loved ones to violence. It's how the world is now. We had to fight a little harder for justice because we're gay, because that's also how the world is.
but it's changing. I stay at home and do pro bono work because I'm scared and tired of how the world is, but I have to do something with my expensive law degree. I might as well help people like me who didn't have the privilege and ability to get an expensive degree, so there are fewer victims like us. He was so dismissive and resigned and it flicked Royce's temper, but he could spot a brick wall. Royce always believed it was easier and more productive to find a way over a wall than beat his head against it. He sighed as he grabbed Grant's wrist and pulled him close. The best covers are exactly what they seem. The Lees could be a perfectly respectable and lovely immigrant couple who keep their home country up to date on daily life in the U.S. At one time, they were both officers in China's Ministry of State Security before he applied for a visa as a teacher and she came to the U.S. and became a real estate agent. They've been together long enough that they probably do love each other. I'm sure Professor Lee gets enormous satisfaction out of teaching, and Sally truly loves her clients in this community. Love what you do and it never feels like work, right? He offered Grant a drowsy grin as he wiggled his brows. Grant's nose wrinkled as he leaned away, but Royce's arm slid around his waist. What's your point? Why can't I be a CIA agent and enjoy going to dinner with you? Royce caught Grant's chin and tipped it back. A kiss doesn't have to be part of the cover. It can be just a kiss, he murmured, then shut his eyes as his lips brushed Grant's. <laughs> nice try, Grant laughed. Royce's eyes snapped open as Grant pushed against his chest. I'll play along when we're in public, and I won't tell anyone else about what's going on, but I'm not that desperate. And I don't want Audrey and Marcy getting their hopes up. I had to tell them the truth because there's no way they'd forgive me for blowing it if they didn't know this was all a lie. And I'm saying it doesn't have to be, Roy said pointedly. We can at least be friends and enjoy the time we spend together. I'm not afraid to see what happens. I didn't want to tell you the other night because I didn't want our date to end. Then you should have started with the truth, then asked me out on a date, Grant said, and Royce groaned as he pinched the bridge of his nose. Hello. Your neighbors are spies, and I don't know if they're dangerous, but act natural, he drawled, then offered Grant an elegant bow. Like that? In the middle of the six beans? He laughed as he threw up his hands. I needed a natural way to get enough time alone with you to explain myself. I couldn't do that while we were in line for coffee or in front of a salon. I needed you to trust me enough to listen, and I wanted it to look real and for us to have a little fun, Royce urged as he gave Grant's shoulders a shake. I wasn't having fun, Grant cried as he pushed Royce's hands away. I was a wreck. And don't pretend you didn't want everyone to see me acting like a fucking teenager and making an ass out of myself, he accused, and Royce flinched as if he'd been slapped. That's not what I... He started, but stopped when Grant snorted. But that's what it's going to look like. Audrey, Marcy, and Walter will know you had a mission to do, and I helped you. But to Olivia, Vanessa, the Davis sisters, and everyone else in Hopkins Creek, it'll look like I made a fool out of myself with a guy who was too young and too far outside of my league. So if it's all right with you, I'd like to walk away from this with as much of my pride and dignity as possible, he said tightly. And Royce growled softly as he drew closer and pulled in a deep breath, savoring Grant's scent, his stern expression and the twitching of his jaw. Thirty-five isn't that young. And how could you think that was all an act the other night? 
he whispered as his hand curved around Grant's face. Royce felt the anxious twitch beneath his thumb, and he became distracted by the deep greens and soft golden flecks in Grant's eyes as he swayed closer. Because it started with a lie, and you're a master at making people fall in love with you. You knew roses would work with Marcy, and Audrey would gladly sell me out for a pizza. You're a good spy because you're a sociopath who studies his prey before he strikes. I have no idea what's real and what's part of your plan. It works better and looks more authentic if I act like a lovesick idiot, right? He asked. Royce didn't want to answer that, but Grant's eyes dared him to deny it. You're right, but I'm not a monster, Grant. I had no intentions of taking anything from you that you didn't want to give me. That's why I told you before I fucked you, even though I didn't want to, Royce added. Grant's head cocked as he floundered. Thank you for having a conscience, I guess, he said, then shook his head. I'll play along when someone's looking, but I'd appreciate it if you didn't fuck with my head when it's just the two of us. I've already had my heart shattered. You can't have what's left of it. He gave Royce an apologetic shrug, then shut the dishwasher. Why don't you take the pizza boxes out with you when you leave? It'll look good if one of the neighbors sees you putting them in the can, he suggested, then offered Royce a wide fake smile, then tossed his chin at him. Hang out for as long as you need to, and lock up on your way out. Today's been really stressful for me, so I'm going to take a Xanax and a bath and maybe drop an Ambien before bed. Grant, I'm sorry, Royce said but Grant held him off as he backed away. It's messy, playing with people's lives, Agent Bradshaw. Good night, he said, then turned and left Royce with his thoughts and a long list of regrets he'd have to atone for.